Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is Stewardship of Possessions. Now, here's Pastor Chris. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Awesome. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, as we now begin uh, our final message on the topic of stewardship, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you're all having a great week. I'm sure many of you are probably looking forward uh, to Monday, who uh, hopefully have the day off. Um, Monday's a special day for my wife and I because I managed to have kept her for 12 years by my side. I'm kidding. Been an awesome marriage. I can't do anything without her. She compliments me. I won't say complete because she's going to think, really? But no, um, been happily married for the last 12 years. And uh, it's a day of time to rest, hopefully, have some fun, maybe go to a barbecue, maybe go to the beach if it's not too crowded. And uh, just enjoy. Today is our final series uh, sermon in our last series of stewardship. And today we're going to talk about material possessions and money. Most people, when they think of stewardship, they think of money, tithes and offerings. But as we've discovered in the last uh, month, we found that stewardship not only relates to tie, uh, tithes and offerings and money, but also health and the talents that God gives us, and especially, as we talked about last week, that of time. How are we spending our time? Are we taking care of our body? Are we using the talents that God has blessed us with? Have we even discovered them? And then finally, today, as we talk about the things that God has blessed us with, our material possessions, a couple of things that I've been going through the last week, I've Discovered there's a story told uh, Ann Landers. Anybody know who Ann Landers is? Find her column pieces. Uh, I don't know if she still writes because I know even when I was a kid, she uh, was writing back then. So if she is, cool. But she tells, she shares a story of uh, a, a woman was married to a man, and the man was very, very well-to-do. But on his deathbed, he made one request to his wife, and that was when he dies... He wants to have all of his money and all of his savings placed with him in his coffin. And so she tells her friend, and she's thinking, man, this man is crazy. So the funeral happens, and the friend sees the wife go in and put an envelope in the casket. And after the funeral is over, the lady goes to her friend and says... How are you going to live? You have no money. How how are you going to survive? And she said, oh, it's it's okay. I'll be fine. I'll be comfortable. She then said, well, unless there's an ATM in heaven where he can cash a check, then I'll be fine. (laughs) Money, possessions. Interestingly enough, 11 out of the 40 parables Jesus talks about in the Gospels have to deal with money, possessions. So much so, it's probably the number one thing that Jesus spoke about, whether it was money or the things that we own of material value. But what we find 
in the scriptures. When we go to Psalm 24, we find, well, I'll just, I'll read it on the screen. We find, let's read it together, okay? Psalm 24. Those of you who want to look at your Bibles, I'll give you a second. We find that basically everything comes from the Lord. Are we ready? Okay. says, let's together, the earth is who? The Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Whom may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a... Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive what? From the Lord and what? From God, their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. And so we find that everything, from the clothes that you're wearing right now, to the car or perhaps the transportation you got to this church, to the place where you live, all ultimately comes from the Lord. When we think of stewards, stewardship, who was the first stewards? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, believe it or not, were the first stewards of earth. When we look back in the book of Genesis, in uh, chapter 1, verses 27 and 28, God makes Adam and Eve, he created the male and female, he blesses them and he says, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So they are to care and nurture for what? All the animals and basically everything here on earth. And we find in chapter 2 again, uh, God also, he says he took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to work and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will certainly die. So God gives the responsibility to Adam and Eve to be able to care for what they, what God has provided to them. Now, back then, they lived a much simpler life, but it essentially was to look over all of the livestock, all of the animals and, and the trees and the plants and everything that was in the earth. It seems like such a simple life, right? Now you think about it now, I gotta, I gotta pay rent, I gotta pay mortgage, I gotta pay insurance, I gotta maybe, uh, car payment, um, medicine, food. I could keep going on, I'm sure you could too, right? So God indicates that, number one, everything, every blessing, every good thing comes from the Lord as well. And because of that, however, we also have the same responsibility. And as well, one of the things that God asks is if we could please just even give a tithe back. And when we think of the tithe, we think of uh, at least this scripture that's probably most uh, well known is Malachi. In Malachi 3 verse 10, it says, bring the whole what? Into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be what? Room enough to store it. 
And this is just one passage. You know, uh, it's interesting. This sermon, I, uh, I actually tried to do as much research. And believe it or not, this is just one passage. We find if you look in Genesis, if you look in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, uh, throughout the whole Bible is sprinkled with verses that relate to giving to the Lord. Just giving a tenth to the Lord. Now, when we think of the storehouse as well, in our church, the Seventh-day Adventist church, we consider the local conference to be the storehouse. So when you pay your tithe, it's not staying here at the church. Fernando, our treasurer, sends a check to the conference. And it goes to the conference, and therefore it helps pay the salaries of the pastors, the teachers, the administrators, and all those who work in the conference. A portion of that then goes to where? Anybody know? The union. Thank you. Okay? The union helps oversee, in our union, seven different conferences. Hawaii, Arizona, Southern California, which we are in, Southeastern, Central California, Northern California, and Nevada, Utah. But above that, there's another parent organization. So a portion from the union will go to the division. And they basically, our division is North America. And then finally, overall, we have the general conference. So there's a tithe that goes to the conference, which helps pay the salaries here in in, uh, the 130-plus churches in Southern California. Then a portion goes to the union, division, GC. Following me? I know that's kind of a little bit. But so that's where the tithe. When we then talk about, well, how do we pay for the lights, the electricity, uh, th- those who help maintain our church and all of those, that comes in the form of the church budget. For instance, in front of you, you should have a little envelope. And it has the different areas where you can give. Tithe is at the top, and then, of course, we have the local church funds. That's our local budget. And then there are also other opportunities for you to give. And not just here as well on this envelope. You can also donate online or even now, I believe there's an app um, that we can, we can help you find. But the fact of the matter is, as an organization, as a church, there has to be funds invested in me being able to not only maintain, but to see that the gospel is not only shared here in this local church, but throughout the conference and ultimately throughout the world. Many parts of the world... Um, have been disadvantaged. And so we also, as well, in some offerings you'll see, we also help to be able to share the gospel in different areas, especially like in Sabbath school. They perhaps will take an offering that can help fund a certain part of the world in the mission, and it switches every quarter. So when we talk about taking in tithe, our tithe goes to the conference. And then when we talk about budget, the things to help maintain this church, as you can see, oh my goodness, that's bright. Those are new lights. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen? I'm grateful that we have funds to be able to do that. Um, And not quite done, but they're getting there. And so I just want to say as well, thank you. I know one thing that I want to point out. We had a deficit um, a couple of weeks ago, but through several, and one particular big donation, we've been able to uh, limit that to where we're in the red. But as well, we still have expenses coming up. So number one, I want to say thank you 
for your faithfulness, not only in the tithe, but also in our local giving. And as well, I, I forgot to mention um, our region director, Elder Kimene, told me to mention as well, the region also appreciates your faithfulness in being able to help in the work that is in our section of the world. As we continue, we find... Sorry, what's the difference? We find, though, that as a team, one person can do something, right? And they can maybe do a good thing. But when we have a collective group such as this church, we are community, we work as a team for the glory of the Lord. And it's not one person doing it, but it's all of us working together. Now, stewardship... Stewardship, uh, as I've, I've come to learn over time, is two things. Faithfulness. Faithfulness and intentionality. Faithfulness and intentionality. In the book of Mark, so sometimes I purposefully don't add it because I, I don't want you to get comfortable. I still want you to bring your Bibles. Okay? Those of you who don't have Bibles, go ahead and look on the screen but if you do, it's always good practice to be able to actually open the good old book up. So, chapter 12 in Mark, verse 41. I'll work in tandem, all right? All right, are we ready? Okay. Sorry. Uh, Mark 12, 41. I'm sorry, it's not on the screen. But listen. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into what? The temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins. In some other translations, it might have been mites. Worth only a few cents. And Jesus then calls his disciples. He says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her own poverty, put in how much? Everything, all she had to live on. Okay, now I'm just going to make up a number, $100,000. I think most of us could probably live pretty comfortably on $100,000, right? That would be nice. Let's say your whole, your whole uh, house was paid off, all right? You were well-to-do. You, you had your house paid off. You don't have many expenses. So let's say you only really comfortably what? Maybe, well, with taxes, let's just cut that in half. So you have $50,000 left over. You still have some expenses, Comfortably, you could probably live on fifteen to twenty-five thousand comfortably for the year, right? That's twenty-five thousand dollars. Would you be comfortable wanting to give twenty-five thousand dollars to the work of the Lord? Hmm. Faithfulness. Yet, this woman, everything she had was in those two copper coins. One of the things that I think that Jesus looks for. Not just, it's not so much, you know, whether I, I give this much. It's the faithfulness that we are trusting that God will care for us in many respects, too. 
for her, it was only a couple of cents, right? Most of us could probably afford a couple cents, but to her, it was everything. We don't know much about her other than she was a widow. And if she's a widow, hopefully she has a family, but if she doesn't have a family, she needs to lean on the support of others who would be willing to take her in. We know she's not well-to-do, so just these little couple coins is everything to her in many respects. But Jesus, he sees the other guys giving large amounts of money, but to them it was nothing. And even though it was a big amount, they were basing it off of their wealth. Sometimes this story really scares me because I ask myself, if the chips fell down and I was in a a situation where to give even just 10% feels like, ugh. Frankly, I've been there. Not to the point where the lady was, but even when I was in college, I remember there was one point. I had 34 cents in my bank account. Fortunately enough, I had a cafeteria card that I could eat, and I had a roof over my head, but there wasn't much I was going to be doing, and that's probably good because I needed to study anyways. But I didn't have money to go out and watch a movie with my friends. I didn't have much to do else. I did stay focused, though, and the Lord was able to get me through. Being faithful is just as important as well that with our own stewardship, we have to be intentional about the blessings that God has given to us. You know, right here, I have $20. 20 years ago, $20 went a lot further than it does today. Amen? $20 probably could have filled up most of my gas tank. Right? Let's even go back 25, 30 years ago when gas was at some points less than a dollar. Definitely could have filled up my car. Now, if it's completely empty, it probably takes about 50-ish dollars at Costco. All right, but $50 20 years ago could have probably got me three or four meals from the almighty Del Taco. All right, 20 years ago could have probably got me, uh, well, now let's see, going maybe it could have probably gotten me a couple of movie tickets. Now, $20, it might get me two burritos or two bowls from, uh, from uh, Chipotle with guac, but no drink and no chips. All right. It'll get me a, it'll give me one entry one movie entrance and maybe some uh, maybe a soda maybe a popcorn. Nope. Okay. Maybe I go to matinee. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. I I go. Yeah. <laughs> I went to an IMAX and it was almost twenty dollars. I was like, Are you serious? <sighs> but it was a good movie. as a teenager was a lot of money. Now, it seems like it's just $5. And I'm going to admit it, life is definitely harder. Our money, our dollar does not go as far as it used to. All the more reason we have to be intentional about how we spend our money. So knowing where our money goes, we can't just blindly start paying for things. We have to know. Maybe we should have a budget. 
And if you need help, I recommend Dave Ramsey. If you've never gone through Dave Ramsey, you should do it, okay? Because one of the things they teach you, first off, you've got to have your emergency fund. Those of you know, how much is your emergency fund? $1,000, okay? And let's say, for instance, your, you know, life happens, your, your radiator in your car goes out, power steering or something, okay? Having a $1,000 emergency fund is a lot more of a softening blow than it would be if you didn't have $1,000, amen? But what we also understand, too, is the question that we have to ask is sometimes money can very, be very consuming because we want to succeed. We want to be comfortable. We want to have a good paycheck. We want to have a nice home. We want to have a nice car. But if we slave our whole life to making a dollar and not really having a meaningful life with our own family, our own spouse, our own kids, our own parents, being uh, uh, serving a role in our community, then what's life about? We find those who want to serve the almighty dollar don't really have a very fulfilling life. Yeah, they'll make a lot of money and they have a lot of great things. But at the end of the day, Christ asks, what have we done with our life? How have we been able to share the gospel? And giving money away is great. But God also asks, as we've discovered, we have talents. Some of us who are musically gifted, teaching, great cooks, great photographers, whatever it may be, God instills gifts in all of us to be able to serve. How are we using that? Gary Vaynerchuk as well, I was just flipping through Instagram uh, earlier this week. He, he makes a point where, especially those who are over 35, it's not so much that they want to make money anymore, anymore, but they want to make sure that what they're doing in their life has value. Because at some point, the excitement of money runs out. You can have all the money in the world, but it can't save you. Amen? Our money doesn't go forward into the next life. Our, our life with Jesus, there's no need for money. Yet, we're consumed by it. And he says, you know, somebody who's only making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 here in California, that's still tough, right? But they could be even happier than somebody who could be making $4 million dollars because of the time invested. For instance, those who work on Wall Street, they live a very hard life. Time where they're doing research, they're meeting with other people, working 10, 12, 16, 18 hours a day. All the while, they have a wife and kids at home. What are we doing? Are we making our life meaningful? So being intentional. Being intentional means we have to manage our money. So, what are the blessings of stewardship? Number one, it's a, pers- it's, it's a personal blessing to know when, for instance, you have money in the bank and something happens, your car breaks down. It's a blessing to be able to have money set aside to be able to take care of that repair. Being able to save pay off a debt, or even being able to pay a car off just paying in cash. My, I think it was 2005 or 2006, I bought a Honda Accord cash. And it had $100,000. 
I mean, 100,000 miles. Oh, that would have been nice. Oh, that would have been nice. House payment. Oh, man, my wife and I would have been so far ahead. I had 100,000 miles, and I paid, I think it was around roughly $6,000 at the time because it was used. God blessed me with another 207,000 miles on that car. Around 307, 310-ish, it decided to start, not start uh, to turn on. So I sold it to my mechanic, and uh, we were blessed with another car. And again, with another car, which I'm having to make sure I save up because my car currently has 327,000 miles on it. I do about 25 to 30,000 miles every year. And so I, I baby this car, right? But the Lord has always provided, and I will trust. Oh, one more year. One more year. But the other blessing is you can also be a blessing to others. You know, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I like when my birthday happens, I, don't, I won't lie. I like to get gifts. But, and I'm, please, don't, I'm not saying please give me gifts. That's not what I'm saying. Please. No, 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 no. But what I have found in all sincerity the joy that I have found in being able to financially be able to get somebody something who has a need. Um, as, a, as a teenager, um, there was a young couple that my parents were friends with who they moved from Eureka, California, down to Colton. And they had no furniture. They came down because of a job offer with the prospects of building a business. And... They had two kids with another one coming on the way, I believe, and they had no furniture. And it was a blessing to be able to go to whatever store we want. And we didn't get the most expensive, but we didn't get the cheapest couches. They needed couches. They had uh, mattresses, but they had no couches. And I remember getting into the truck. My uncle had a Chevy Silverado 2500 two-wheel drive, not four. He, we loaded the couches in and we took it to their house and we just walked in and I remember uh, our friend, she just started to break down in tears. Being a blessing to others, being able to be in a financial position to be able to help others, our brothers and sisters, uh, I found, and it's true, what's, it's better to give than to receive. Little things like that. Even just having a simple, uh, a simple meal. Um, one of my former members yesterday, he just wanted to talk. And so we went to a restaurant and we just, I knew this young man doesn't have much money. He's trying to go to college. He's trying to work. But he doesn't have any jobs. He doesn't have many prospects. But just taking time to listen, him ask questions, and being able to have a good lunch was it wasn't like something, oh, i got to pay, but it was a joy to be able to not only catch up, but to be able to spend time and share a meal with a friend. So being a blessing to others is also important. And finally, being a blessing to the church, ensuring that the gospel of Jesus Christ is shared, that others may be taught, they may be led to Christ, 
and that ultimately they would be baptized and become disciples for Christ. That's our calling. That's what Jesus gave. That was our job description when he uh, left the disciples. So may we look forward to being faithful in our health, in our time, in our talents, and in our giving. To close with, there's a story told. One of my favorite restaurants, McDonald's. They have the best French fries. I'm a little saddened that they decided to put less salt in their fries. I know it's horrible, and especially me. I, I, I know I'm, I'm preaching good health. But every once in a while, every once in a while, I like a little extra salt on my fries. But there's a, there's a gentleman who tells a story of a father who takes his son to McDonald's. And he orders him a small fry in the little box. And the kid starts to eat the fry. And the father just casually grabs up. He takes one fry and the son smacks his father's hand away. Mercy if I'd ever done that before. Oh. I won't say what would have happened. No, I'm just kidding. No, my mom, my mom was a great mom, and my dad, they raised us well. But they taught us to respect. And um, the father was taken aback. This is my son. I have raised him. He, my wife and I, we brought him into this world. And he smacks my hand away. I just wanted one French fry. One little French fry out of like 15 and he says, why, he thinks in his head, why is my son so selfish? Have I taught him bad manners? Just one fry. When we think about, though, that all that God has blessed us with, sometimes it's, it's, we, we forget that. Sometimes we forget that God has blessed us, and we think, but it's my money. I earned it. I deserve it. May we be faithful and intentional in our giving. That we not give because we have to give. But I'm going to go on a faith statement of give because I know God will care for us. Even if sometimes it's going to hurt a little. Because we want to be comfortable, right? We, we want to have the assurance we can pay the mortgage. We can pay the electric bill. And we can pay all of these things. But sometimes in our life points where we have those seasons that go up and down. Sometimes life is challenging. Sometimes it can be a financial challenge. It's even more that we find that when we are faithful, God is even more faithful. Sometimes it's not how we want it to be, though. But God is faithful. So may we move forward, church family, in our tithes and our offerings, in our time, in our talents that God has blessed us with and the ones that he's going to continue to bless us with, and as well with our health. May we serve the Lord with all of our mind, strength, and spirit. And may we love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the gift of life and, Lord, the many blessings. And sometimes, though, Lord, and even right now, some of our brothers and sisters are struggling. So, Lord... We pray that with wisdom and courage and faith, Lord, 
we will venture forth knowing that you will provide the means. And God as well, we have many financial challenges that are on the horizon. Lord, our church needs repairs. And Lord, it's going to take a lot of money. But I know that as a community, as a team, all things through you are possible. So Lord, we ask, provide the means. Provide the blessings. And Lord, help us to be cognizant of seeing how you are working and to be faithful. May we be faithful and intentional. And this is our prayer. And all God's people said, Amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.